0: Love Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the Arbor Report. It's a special Saturday edition. Thanks for being here with me. And thanks for understanding that yesterday at 1130, it was impossible to come on and chat with you guys. The trading desk was active to say the least. Okay, this is titled Stock Market Crash of 2020, right? That's what we're in the middle of right now. We're going to talk about what we did this week And how we're going to react to it going forward. So, I'm going to share with you some thoughts about how we're managing our equity portfolios. This is a show about quantum mental investing. It's the combination of quantitative execution, which is what saved us this week, and a fundamental foundation. And together, those two things create the information edge that I'm trying to provide for you. Now, don't forget, The information I'm sharing is information I use in my own portfolio and for investors I manage capital for through our interactive brokers relationship. This is also information that I try to share through our armorreport.com website, where you can see the stocks that we own, the date that we buy them, when we sell them, what's on our whiteboard, our research board, what we're looking at, and Perhaps most importantly this week, you can see the risk monitor. So we're going to get to all of that. Don't forget, I'm not telling you guys how to invest. I'm not saying go do this. I don't know you. right? YouTube is a big you know, world of individuals, and I love all of you, but I don't know how you guys invest. I don't know what your risk tolerance is. So what I'm doing here is sharing with you my information of how I manage my own risk. The Armor Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So let's dive in today and discuss how we're going to handle this. If you enjoy this, please give me a thumbs up. It'll help me out on YouTube, of course. And subscribe, guys, either to the channel or to thearmoreport.com, perhaps both. Okay, I gave you a little link down there. All right, let's get rid of those things and let's talk. I've asked you to ask me questions. I'm going to get to those questions at the end Of this show. So let me just tell you my thoughts first, see what I cover. Maybe I'll cover some of your questions. And if I haven't, then I'll get to the questions and answers. Um, Okay. I shared for you when this show just started a picture of a chart of the small cap index, IWM. I'm going to share it again right now because this all begins and ends right here. Okay, You're seeing a chart of the small cap index, and I've written on it for you in big, bold, red letters, ABCD for danger. ABCD for danger. You guys need to write this down, put it in your trading book, print out that chart, put it above your head. Always remember it. This is one of the best pieces of information I can share with YouTube Nation. Okay. When an asset makes a price high, you look at the corresponding relative strength. The asset sells off when it makes an attempt at a new high. It may make a new high. It may not get there when it does look at the relative strength line, the corresponding line. If it does not confirm, then you have what's called ABCD for danger and you better be aware of the risks of either the stock you own or, in this case, the index. Take one more look at it, okay? It was, you will never get a more clear picture of what ABCD for danger means than what happened this week with the small cap index. Now, all of my Armour insiders know Last Saturday, I wrote an armor, you know, the weekend review I always write for you guys. And by the way, all of my armor subscribers, anybody, even if you're a free subscriber to the uh, armor action alerts, check your email today. Because what I did was I wrote um, a a very short version of the weekend review today because I knew I was going to come on and chat with you guys. But I sent it to everybody, insiders, and the free armor action alerts. I wanted everyone to get it. So you could all understand what was happening here and get the invitation to come um, uh, chat with me today and ask questions. So if you didn't see it in your inbox, go check. Sometimes it's in some weird section of Gmail. Okay, but you'll you'll remember this from last week if you're an insider. Um, I published this chart on Twitter. I tried to tell you guys risks are high when you get an A, B, C, D for danger in the number one index that. Um, tells us there's a problem before all the others. Small caps are not supported like the big cap brethren. Institutions, look, I always say to you, information makes markets. Information makes money. Institutions make markets. I can't even remember what I say to you. (laughs) But institutions make markets, guys. And so they're going to back the Apples and the Microsofts and the, um, you know, Disney's as long as they can, but they don't care about small caps. So the canary in the coal mine and this index that I always short to hedge positions is small caps. And it did it. Let's one one more time. Take one more look. One, two, three, four, five straight down days, right? Okay. Enough said. It's just such a poster child of ABCD. Put it up. You can look at your own individual stocks. I go to IBD.com, investors.com, the Investor's Business Daily. How to Make Money in Stocks is the book written by William O'Neill. The Investor's Business Daily is his paper. It's a great way to track the stock market. Um, And you'll be able to pull up any stock you want and look at the stock price and the relative strength. Okay? So, Step one, we knew there was trouble coming. We wrote about it on Friday. And I wrote to you guys last, last Saturday, you know, Friday, the week in review, Saturday. I said, look out this week, okay, because one more bad week and we're going to get blown out of the long-term uptrend we've been in. Or not long-term, the uptrend we've been in since October. Armor Insiders know that on Monday – I sent out tweets to everybody. I said, "Go, please go look at the uh, uh, the risk monitor. It went from yellow to red. Now, the risk monitor is a simple thing. We take the top seven indexes. We have proprietary algorithms written for the volatility of each index. When the indexes and the algos tell us to belong the indexes all at the same time, green light, we're, we're adding as much as we can to a portfolio. All right? As that move progresses. So that was October. As that move progresses, and then we get to two, two and a half standard deviations above the 200-day moving averages, we go to yellow. We say, hey, look, you can enjoy the ride, but you better realize risk is elevated. Stop grabbing, stop chasing. And on Monday, we said, we're red. Monday was the first down day of the week, right? That was the collapse day. And a lot of people sit there and go, what do I do? You're like um, a deer stuck in the headlights. That's the beauty of the algorithms. Okay? Gets rid of emotion. Okay? It's the quantitative execution part of what we do. So we have an index, or I should say a portfolio, of only indexes. All we do is we put money to work in the seven indexes when the algos tell us, and take money out when the algos tell us, right? So on Monday, I said 100% cash in that Armour portfolio, index only, 100% cash. Everything got stopped out on the same day. You put that together with the ABCD for danger that we knew was set up for the small cap index, and you've got to get defensive. And I wrote to you guys on Saturday, last week, I said, please. Raise stops. Don't add anything new. Okay. Raise cash where you think you have to. And then on Monday, it all started and the risk monitor told us. Okay. Um, I also tried to prepare you guys for this sell-off by building in hedges. So let's talk about how the hedges did last week. As Armour Insiders know, the number one hedge in the portfolio was U.S. Treasuries. TLT is the ETF we were trading. I told you all that, and I I don't like to get into the detail of position size for me because it's going to be different for you guys. I don't know who you are. So when I do that, When I set up the armor portfolios, I tell you what we buy, when we add it, the date, and the price. Okay? And the average price, really, because we manage a lot of assets. So, what's the average price of where we're getting in? I don't tell you the position size because you're all different. But I did tell you that whatever your size is, Treasuries should be four times as big as your average size, it's a hedge. Let's go take a quick look. Whoops, no, nope, that's a mistake. I just love that chart. <laughs> okay, this is TLT. This is the green box. This is where we were buying treasuries below 140 on this day right here. Let's blow it up a little bit. Okay, can you see my hand there? Right there. That's the day we were buying treasuries, TLT. What day is that? 21st of January, below 140. Now, uh, let, let me address something real quick. A lot of you guys have, this is one of the questions I've been getting from a lot of you guys. So let's address this question Do I have targets on certain positions versus just trailed stops or raised stops? The answer is yes. And in this position, it's an example. So let's, every now and then, when an asset goes to a level that historically has been a a top. And I use standard deviations for that historical analysis. I'll book a profit. So here's a picture again. What you're seeing at the very top of this chart, teal line is three standard deviations. Okay, I just put little white boxes on it. That's three standard deviations above the 200 day moving average. It's very rare that treasuries get here now, you could say, well, look, Brett, it got there last August. That's right. That was rare, too. And it's typically the top. Now, look, you could say to me, why not hold it for another month? Because last August, it kept crawling up this line. And you could be right. It might go up even more. Okay? But but two reasons why I book my profits on Friday at the close. Number one that August move is exceptional. When I go back and look all the way back to 2009, typically it can hit this three standard deviation line and stop out and reverse. So when I look at all the times that it's happened and it hasn't happened that often. So it's, it's not a statistically significant number. So it's a little bit of Kentucky windage here. But what I also look at is the fact that every position has been stopped out on the long side of equities with the exception of, Two positions. Armor Insiders, you can go look and see what stocks we still own. Okay, Actually, three. There's three. One small little position in the cannabis space. (laughs) Can't help myself. Okay. Um, So I don't need the hedge anymore. I put it on as a hedge. If this thing had rocketed up to the third standard deviation line and the markets were still going up, I wouldn't necessarily sell it today. I'd say, okay, great. Let it crawl up the line with the whole equity index. But I really own it for a hedge. It worked great. I had quadrupled the size on, so I don't need it anymore. I'm booking my profit, and I hit the target. I never thought – I mean I, I really didn't think it was going to go to 155 that fast. So made our way out. Book the profit there, okay? Let's move on to gold and silver. That was the other hedge. Real disappointing. Not so disappointing through Wednesday. The assets were holding up well through Wednesday. So the market cratered Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Everything was looking good. Thursday, Friday, they blew them apart. So let's discuss two different things the metal itself, and then the mining stocks, okay? Let's look at the metal itself. Okay? There's GLD, just a representation of the metal. See, even through Thursday, gold was holding up well. Then it cratered on Friday, gave into the hysteria. Silver, not so much. Silver was plummeting with the rest of the market. Okay, now let's look at gold real quick, which is Barrick. Okay, so Monday, Barrick hit a new high as the market was plummeting, right? So things were looking good for our precious metals positions. Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, not bad. Holy smokes, Thursday, an implosion. And for all of you Armour insiders, I updated the portfolio that day. I said, guys, I was lifting... Uh, half my position out. Well, I said I reduced it. Between you and me, I, I reduced it by half. So here's another question Armor Insiders have been asking me um, Why don't I update the portfolios during the trading session? Guys, I'm managing my own capital. I'm managing capital for investors. I can't possibly update everything as I go. So I do it, and I promised you that I would do it at the end of each day. And that's what I do. Exactly what I promised. Now, here's the thing as an Armor Insider, You have the right, the privilege to contact me whenever you want. I don't know of any other subscription service. I'm sure there's some, you can tell me, but there are very few subscription services where you can reach out and talk to the guy doing the research, but I give you that right for the very reason that I can't possibly update the website while I'm trading. But if you have a question, you want to call me, you want to email me, as an Armour subscriber, as an insider, you get to do that. So avail yourself of that privilege. If things are going crazy on Thursday and you want to know, is anything going to change at the end of the day today, give me a call. Send me an email. I own these stocks. Are you changing it out of the portfolio? I'll tell you if I am or not. Okay? All right. So – Question, why are the gold mining companies cratering? Very simple answer. This is the proverbial baby in the bathwater, right? When the market is crashing, everything gets sold. Anything that's not nailed down, and particularly an asset that's up big at the start of the week. I mean, let's take a look. Take take a look at Barrick. The stock was skyrocketing for us. Take a look at Newmont. Stock was more than three standard deviations away above its 200-day moving average. So when the market starts to implode, and I mean really gets the implosion stage, which it did Thursday, Friday, they sell everything. It means nothing. So some of you asked me, well, then why would I sell it? If it's just hysteria, why would I sell it? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I stand by my stops religiously. I follow my stops. Look, man, I booked profit personally and for clients in Barrick, in Newmont, in CEF. CEF is the. not an ETF. It's like a closed-end fund that owns gold and silver bars. What I won't do is allow a gain turn into a loss in my portfolio. And when mayhem hits, I lift things out of the portfolio when they hit stops. I go back to cash. I'm going to sit back now and wait. And we'll get to that in a minute, how I'm going to react to this going forward. So the real question, the real consternation to me is why was gold down big? Silver, you could say, is down because it's also an industrial metal. So you've got the coronavirus problem. You've got supply chain issues, right? So the world economy is breaking down, is the fear. And so they're killing commodities that are, have anything to do with, with um, uh, the industrial uh, market, right? So copper got destroyed And so silver is in a lot of products, so it's getting destroyed. It's ridiculous, but that's why it's selling off. Why would gold drop over 3% on Friday? I don't know, guys. I'm not even sure it's worth wasting time on this call trying to figure it out. There's all kinds of theories and suppositions. It's the last day of the month. A lot of shenanigans happened in the price of gold in the last day of the month anyway. I really don't know. But what I don't do is sit around and think – This is ridiculous. So I'm not going to protect my assets. I'm going to hold on to everything because this doesn't make any sense. This will right itself. Hey, man, maybe it will. And usually it does. Usually it does. But what I won't do is fall in love with any investment in my portfolio. What I fall in love with is my net worth. Okay. And protecting it. And the second thing I'm in love with is capturing upside. So when mayhem hits, I, I just look at my stops. I, I mean, I try to avoid it as long as I can. I wasn't going crazy selling things by Wednesday. Things were okay in the portfolio, outperforming the markets dramatically. Okay, But when it hits Thursday and Friday, hitting stops, guys, I'm out. Okay, Even my favorite positions. Positions I'm never going to sell. Well, I'm selling them if everything is hitting a stop in the same three day window. So that gets me to the question of what's really happening and what's going to happen going forward. Okay, hopefully, those of you watching this channel, Armor Insiders, were prepared for the sell off. Did I get clipped this week? Absolutely. I'm not going to pretend I don't lose money. Of course I lose money. What we lost off the top is a fraction of what the stock market is down. Our principles intact. We gave up some gains, booked some small profits, took some losses, easily going to live to fight another day because we hedged Because we use stops, because the risk monitor told us on Monday that we better get out of Dodge. What does that mean? We don't sell everything Monday, but we raise stops across the board. Okay? Some things, let's keep it real. Some stocks in the portfolio, I didn't stop out fast enough. Some of my dividend payers, AT&T, Verizon, I hated to sell them at the end of the week. Probably ridiculous. I'll probably have to buy them back at higher prices over the next couple of weeks. Probably. But at the end of the day, I'm booking profits in those assets. I owned them for over a year and collected a ton of dividends. What I'm not going to do is talk myself into holding a position long term if the market's going to implode. So let's talk about the market and is it going to implode? I don't know. Okay. Here are some of my thoughts. Um, on the one hand, this looks remarkably like the year 2000. We ended 1999 on a, on a run. The market skyrocketed January and February, topped out in March. And the NASDAQ dropped about 50% from March to to May. I think it took two months NASDAQ was down 50%. Go look at it. Somebody can correct me. I'm pretty sure those are the exact right dates and numbers. It was an insane sell-off. And what happened this week felt exactly like what happened in March of 2000. I'm pretty sure it was March 24th. That week. Okay? Now, On the one hand, I would know exactly what to do if we were still in a world like the year 2000. On the other hand, after 2008, we know the Fed always comes in and bails out the market. So I can't really tell you what's going to happen next because I don't know what's in the head of the Fed. The Fed said – Powell came on at like 3.30 yesterday and said – We're going to do what it takes to add liquidity to the market and blah, blah, blah. We'll look at rates and all this mumbo jumbo. And the market closed higher in the last 15 minutes. Don't let that last 15 minutes, you know, um, confuse you. The market sold off after his comments. And in the last 15 minutes, the market went up. That could be any type of, you know, manipulation you want to call it. But see, that's the kind of thing that the Fed will do, the plunge protection team will do to begin turning the narrative. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the market up huge Monday morning. It may crater, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's up huge Monday morning, okay? So I'm really at a crossroads here. What happened in 2000, you had stocks that looked exactly like Tesla and, and uh, what is it, SpaceX or, you no, know, Virgin, Virgin uh, Galactic, I mean, these stocks went absolutely parabolic in the last couple of weeks. You couldn't possibly tell me they were worth that amount, right? Virgin Galactics going going to the moon. They're not going to get anyone to Mars for like a decade, and the stocks are going to the moon. I mean, it was ridiculous. This is exactly what happened in 2000. So, you know, it looks to me like we're going to see a lot lower prices going forward. The question will be, Will the Fed let that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It's an election year. Who knows what the Fed will do and not do? I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying. I don't know. Um, Why did this happen? You want to say it's the coronavirus. I'll say, okay, you're, you're absolutely right. Not so much the health issues. Can I just put this to bed for a second? Can we just look, coronavirus right now and I'm very I feel terrible for the people who've passed but one to two percent of the people who get it are dying. The rest of the people get it and recover. I, I think most people are getting it and recovering within 48 hours. It's like any other virus. And those statistics of one to two percent are dying. I'm not even sure those numbers are right. Because if you don't know how many people have coronavirus, how can you tell me what percentage are dying? Right? If you think 100 people have it and two die, that's 2%. But what if 1,000 people had it and two died? Okay, so the panic over the health issue, I really don't understand. Right? The flu kills a lot more people a year. And I don't see people running around panicking when flu season starts. It's just a fact of life. There are viruses. They kill people. Okay, you know this is just—it's driving me crazy a little bit—the—the the, the hysteria. You get in your car and you get on 95. You probably have a higher probability of death. And let me tell you something—that's indiscriminate. Apparently, the viruses attack 65 and older, infirm people who have, you know, pre-existing. You see what I'm saying? So let's just let's just, everybody calm down with the hysteria about the virus now. Let's talk about what it's doing to the stock market. It's not the hysteria of health. It's got to do with the supply chain, right? There's way too much product made in China, and China's shut down all manufacturing right now. All right, so that means if we start seeing, when we start seeing these people in China start working again, going back to work, producing again, this could just be a short-term shock to the market and a sell-off ends. If they don't go back to work, if the death rate goes up, if more people start dying, if it spreads across the U.S. in an aggressive fashion that that actually stops work that's being done, well, then stocks are going a lot lower. You would think, unless, of course, the Fed comes in and does something else that we're not aware of, goes to negative interest rates, I don't know, starts a massive QE program. I mean, the Fed can start a massive QE program whenever they want, and the stock market will go up. Okay, so I guess that wraps up that part of the conversation. I wish I had an answer for you. How am I going to trade it going forward? Um, I'm going to use my algorithms because I don't know the answers to all of these questions. But I do know that quantitative execution works, right? It told us to get out on Monday. right? We liquidated an index-only portfolio running the algorithms on Monday. So when those algorithms tell me to get long the market, I'll step in, right? If the market gets cheap enough, at some point, I might start buying small positions just in the indexes to lock in the massive outperformance we have this year, right? I mean, if it keeps plummeting, our outperformance is unreal. So, I'm going to lock in some of those gains by taking small positions. And then when we get the risk on buy signals with the algorithms, double and triple those positions, that may be a way I do it. I manage capital different for different people. So I'm just sharing with you some thoughts of how I'm going to go about it. I don't really know what would be appropriate for you. I couldn't tell you what to do. All right, let's get to some of the questions. Um, BP Uh, is a good time to buy BP as in um, British petroleum. I I don't think it's a good time to buy energy stocks at all right now. You know, my favorite energy stock is Occidental and that thing's like imploding. So um, I'm not buying, I'm not buying BP. I'm not buying Occidental. Um, Also, I would say that I don't think um, I'm not catching a falling knife in here, guys. I don't care if the market rallies huge next week. I'm not chasing things. I'll wait for this volatility to settle out. Then we'll start getting a trend again. Then we'll start getting opportunities again. Right now, I'm building my whiteboard. Right, At the top of my whiteboard, my favorite names, big dividend payers. Those are going to be no-brainers. Look what's going on with treasuries. Look what's going on with yields. The Fed's going to start lowering rates. I mean, the dividend payers, some of the drug companies, they're getting wrecked. You know, um, anyway, those are the things that are going to the top of my list. Utilities. I love AT&T Verizon. You know, when the dust settles, I'm going to look for an entry point back into those stocks. All right. And then there's some great disruptive growth stocks that are holding up unbelievably well. Some of the cannabis names had actually a great Friday, which is bizarre. But I guess they're just down so much. No one's selling them. Right. So. Anyway, guys, be safe out there. Protect your capital first. Capture upside second. Okay? Step away from the screen for a while. It's okay if you're not uh, paying attention for a little bit. Take a break. Let the hysteria subside. Let the trend reassert. Then we can start putting capital back to work. And I will, as always, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1130, unless it's a Saturday, share the information with you that the Armour algorithms are telling us. You guys have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you guys again on Monday. I'll see you at 1130. Take care.